Welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. This is episode 104. And I'm uh, not Zach. Once again, I'm Josh Torres. I'll be hosting this week. Zach has a little bit of technical issues on his side. So uh, it's not, there's not a lot to talk about this week. But there's, you know, here and there. We have a pretty awesome RPG that just came out this week as well. And joining me today is just only, the one and only, Adam Vitali. Yeah, the one and only. The one and, and only. You're the only one here. It's uh, another two-person podcast, which is fine, but, you know, more the merrier. Sometimes, it, sometimes you can get a different sort of conversation with only two people rather than, like... Well, I think last week, I, I wasn't on the podcast, but you had, like, five people just kind yeah. of clawing over each other. Yeah, it was great, because the Yakuza art exhibit was happening, too, so we were getting, like, a lot, like live news from Kazuma last week. It was really yeah. good. <laughs> Uh, I, was, I was actually kind of around, just not on the podcast, because you already had plenty of people yeah. while that was happening. And I actually told Kazuma, like, hey, they just, he was like, uh, if they announce it, like, they already did announce it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that did happen, uh, like, during yeah. the, almost the While you were podcast, recording, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you guys missed it last week, uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 was announced for localization, and that's August, right? Yep, August okay. 18. Cool, and that's only for the PS4. And mm-hmm. so... What have you been up to, man? Well, it's kind of funny. I, I I finished the Alliance Alive like I feel like two weeks ago now, but it's still under embargo. Uh, when is that coming out? A, uh, next Tuesday, twenty okay. sixth. Uh, um, it has a it has a release date in embargo, and I already spoke about it like a couple of episodes ago. It's just kind of funny um, that you know I still can't talk about it oh. uh, really. Um, but uh, yeah. I know I know you and I. This barely came out yesterday. I don't know when when you actually unlocked it, but I I bought uh, Nino Kuni Two, uh, Revenant Kingdom uh, on Steam yesterday, and I'm about uh, I want to say four hours into it. I just barely reached chapter three. It's a yeah. It's a weird game, especially after coming off of like the I, I played a little bit of the first one a few weeks back, and it's just it's so different now. Yeah. So I bought it on, well, I had it pre-ordered, actually, and I unlocked it Friday night, and I'm a bit further than you. I kind of played it all all night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about 10 hours in or so. I'm like in the middle of Chapter 4, which is right when you get the ability to start building your kingdom. Uh, so Zach is the one who reviewed it, and he was pretty high on it, pretty positive on it. He mm-hmm. was pretty high on the first game, too. But just this is a generalization, but it seems like the response to the first game, particularly with its battle system, was, let's just say, mixed at best. Yeah. Uh, sure. It was, we probably have talked about this before, it was kind of this, it was a slightly awkward kind of mix between turn-based, but you actually had like a real-time positioning to the battle system, and you kind of had to delve through the menus to control the other two party members and what familiars they were using. And it was just a... It was, it was like say, you had like a 12-person party in, in the first one, because each person, it was a three-person party, but each person had three familiars in there. And the way like battles would start up is like it would be a freeze frame, and then you had to like choose, okay, who do you want to control first? So it was like, it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily 
turn-based in the sense that like why like you exchange attacks with them, your enemies like in a set order it was more uh it was only turn-based for like the like the first moment of it before you um choose your familiar like pokemon style and that like like i choose you pokemon or you can uh choose the person that to control in battle or and then like at any time as you're controlling them in the battle like you can swap over to any other person and or their familiar it was like it was it yeah, was when I said, yeah when i said turn-based i kind of used the kind of more general turn when i really meant was like menu based yeah it really is a lot of times when people say turn-based they mean menu based which can can mean turn-based but not always you know that's when you get to little that's when you get into the nitpicking i guess yeah but yeah it was just a little weird like i remember uh especially in the, like the second half of the original nino kuni uh i i i figure i i figure the the uh the other party members weren't very smart to know like which familiars to use at which times all the time. Um, like if they had like a familiar that was best for attacking or supporting or whatnot. And I, I remember what I had to do like to an almost annoying degree was go into the menu and have them switch out to a different familiar. Like, why are you using this guy right now when you should be using this guy? And just things like that. Or just like, I don't, I don't hate the original game, but I would say it was a little bit tedious in that regard. Um, and what I'm getting at is, is for Nino Kuni 2, they basically just scrapped it and started over in terms of like, all right, let's not do the same thing. Let's just do something else. And what they did, um, the, first of all, did you talk about this on last week's podcast at all? Or is that all you have to uh, not, not too much. I mean, we did say it was like it was a more action RPG oriented. Uh, I think I... it was still under embargo for like a day. Yeah. So he probably, Zach probably couldn't say much. But yeah, anyways, um, like you were getting at, it's more of an action RPG this time around. You have um, multiple party members. You get more than just three this time. Uh, and you have full reign, you know, control over a, an arena battlefield. There are no familiars. You're just controlling one of the characters. And you have a, you have a heavy attack, you have a weak attack, and then you have skills. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's on, very, just it, from, from it's, that description, it's kind of nothing super fancy or anything yeah, like like like, they have, like the bare bones groundwork of it is like, as you said, it's like a kind of closed off arena kind of deal. But you have like free control over where you go in this arena, and then like you, it's very much like a like your basic attacks are like a hack and slash kind of Dynasty Warriors esque kind of thing. You have your heavy attacks, slow attacks, and then like you can pop off into like another menu uh, at, while you're while you're uh, doing these attacks to access your skills. Like you hold down R two, and you also have face buttons, ranged attacks. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Uh, and then, so it's a little bit more. Deeper. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like I, I was I was actually explaining it to a friend who hasn't played it yet, and I kind of described it as like a tails game, but it's a little bit different because tails games usually have like regular attacks and then art attacks, or sometimes it's like yeah. A arts and B arts and things like that. So it's it's a little bit like that because you have like weak attacks, strong attack, range attacks, and skills. So you kind of have to you know use whatever attack is appropriate at the right time. Um, but it is, you know, if I say it's a Tails-like battle system, it's, you know, that party-based, real-time battle system like that. Um, and I should if, also mention that... If that, you were to make uh, a, a Tails battle system engine for this game, what would you call it? Like, what... What, <laughs> what do they call it? Like, linear motion swerve battle I system? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You, you know. You know how Tails games are. They're very... They, they're always trying to be creative with the, the way they name their battle systems for whatever fucking reason. Yep. Uh, what was I getting at? So you, the battle system, like when you're in like a dungeon area, mm -hmm. is it does not take you to a, like your exploration, you know, 
gameplay and your battle gameplay, there's no, it's seamless. There's no like divide between them. Uh, when you do enter a battle, it does kind of create like a little border around you that you cannot like leave from unless you want to like run up against the border to flee or whatever. Um, it's kind of like actually like uh, Tales of Zestiria in that way. I don't I don't think you oh, yeah, played sure. that. Yeah, but I do remember or, seeing uh, like a lot of footage of that. Like they they do that trying to do the the seamless. Uh, yeah, kind of deal it, like in the dungeons, but when you're out in the open world, that's when it's more like you know standard RPGs. Yeah. Like a, like you see like a little enemy mob there, they'll run to you, and then it'll actually phase in into like an actual battle zone when you're out in the open world. Yep, and uh, so I should mention that in this some people have I've already seen some people criticizing this, rightfully so maybe. Mm-hmm. The game so far, let me just say in a nice way that it's pretty leisurely, and what I mean by that is is that the game is not very hard. It's. It seems like it's the type of game where you don't really have to. It's you can get through most battles without too much trouble as long as you you know, have basic, you know, self preservation strategies of, you know, healing yourself when you need to and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's a very difficult game. I can, I can see I, why that criticism is there because once you start yeah. understanding like the the deeper battle mechanics. So to to, to go on a, a little bit deeper about that. So in battle, we already talked about how you attack and stuff. Like uh, every person can equip up to three weapons. So like uh, you know Evan and Roland, they're like the swordsmen. They you can up carry up to three different swords. Ronnie or whatever, she's like a spear person and whatnot. So everyone can hold up to three. Uh, weapons and each of these weapons has like a like this zing percentage onto them and uh, once you get these uh, percentages to 100% if you fire off a skill while they're 100% it does like an enhanced version of that skill like um, Evan has this like fire sword skill that like it, it, you can activate it when it's not 100% and it'll do like a little slash but if like if that sword that you have equipped has a zing of 100%. It'll do like a, a big swoop fire slash yep. yeah, and whatnot. And uh, you, you can start like kind of mixing uh, uh, like which swords you bring, you do like in the middle of an attack string. So it's I can see where they're coming from because people want to really want to experiment more with that system because you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. But the problem is that like the, the enemies that you face, their HP goes down so fast that like it just it, it's hard to like really get it's hard to make it feel as cool as you want it to be. Yeah, um, there later in chapter four, you can eventually the the world map opens up a little bit to you, and you can eventually um, kind of around the time when you're going to Goldpaw. First of all, this 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 podcast won't have any spoilers. Neither of us are really far enough to have mm-hmm. to know spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but uh, once you get to the point where you can go to like Goldpaw, you can kind of go past it and find areas that have enemies that are higher level than what you should be at that point in the game. So you can kind of challenge yourself in a way by taking these guys on before you're supposed to. Um, but overall, it doesn't. This this is the sort of game. Uh, uh, it's like a comfort food type of game. It's 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 a relaxing uh, playthrough. It's not very tense. It's not very, uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty easygoing. It, it, I, I would it's comfortable. Say, yeah. I would say my my only problem with it so far is I think the the direction and tone of chapter one, the way it opens up, is a little bit of a mess. Yeah, um, it's 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 kind of just it, it's like I know it, what you mean. It's it's got like a really like quick kind of exciting opening. Uh, and then it slows down a lot. Yeah, like... it's, it's not really a spoiler because the way this game opens yeah. up is uh, you're like it's set in like a modern world. You, uh, 
you got to meet Roland. Uh, he he's like in a limousine, modern day limousine. Um, the president of his well, like country, which yes. looks a lot like the United States, like from the aesthetic wise. But I, I, I don't the, think it's like actually the real world. It's, it's not. It's not actually the real world, but it definitely evokes. You know, has imagery of that. So like he's yeah. just cruising along, and all of a sudden, like a missile or a nuke like flies by and kind of like wipes out whatever is there, and then he gets like transported uh, to like the the Nino Kuni uh, world and. It kind of like goes on from there because after he gets transported, like he they come to find out, oh, Evan's like in the middle of a coup and he has to kind of like flee from his kingdom and whatnot, and uh, because the bad stuff is happening, and it just feels like that there's like he's he's unexpectedly like goes along and just super cool with whatever's going on. It's like it feels like yeah. he's already a resident of that world. There's like no like there's like maybe a three second emotional response of like oh huh. Weird, having a, like another role, and then that's like it. <laughs> yep. So I'm, I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they revisit that uh, some, but it just feels like that. There's, it feels weird to me that like he's just he kind of takes it as it is, and it just it it like I don't know. It's just kind of a weird it, no. cognitive dissonance kind of moment for me. I do agree with you that Roland is he. First of all, that was literally like the very first cutscene. Yeah, there's no so spoilers on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's like literally when you see the title screen, like you press start new game on a title screen. That's what you see. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, like it's like as soon as he gets transported to this Nino Kuni world, he's just, you know, like he sees Evan and he's like, all right, let's get out of this castle. <laughs> he looks like, at the mirror uh, and he's like, oh, OK. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like I look a little different here. Um, and also like, uh, you know, as some reviews have mentioned uh, as well, the, I, I don't mind the the lack of voice acting it's more like the consistency of voice acting but because there are definitely several scenes in the game where it's like um like one word responses that has a full sentence is fine you know you've seen in other games and then like three seconds later after the important event has happened that's when like the like the event that happened after the important event is like fully voiced and like that has like more emphasis on like what just happened it's it's very like the direction of it is very weird it's so the the first nino kuni was also kind of sparse in its yeah, voice acting okay. in terms of what scenes were voiced or not I, I even expecting that and knowing that based on zach's review it still catches me off guard where like one or two sentences will be voiced and they're not really necessarily important sentences like you mentioned it's just if it's just like the first couple of sentences like in a cutscene. And then the scene will transfer just to more normal like gameplay models, just talking to each other in text boxes. And I actually I have not verified this, but I saw someone mentioning this on Twitter. Apparently, in one of the very first trailers for the game, it shows a scene from the opening of the game. Now, remember these first trailers came out like two years or three years ago, um, so it's been a while. Roland says something to Evan like it's a coup, you know, like he says that line voiced to Evan, and then that apparently is now a text box. Weird. That's... I have not verified that, uh-huh. but uh, it's, it's, it's that's getting to the point where you said it's there are some pretty important scenes in this game that are just text boxes, and like it be like I, I don't I don't really I don't hate text boxes. I don't need everything to be voiced, but yeah. it is kind of weird how like which scenes are voiced and which scenes are not. Um, it it, it, it just, just feels like it, it. I feel like there's needs to be a more like more distinction over what's going to be voiced. I guess because it always catches me off guard because it's always the same yeah. border. Like there's no there's no indication of like oh this is actually going to be voiced or this is going to be partially voiced or this is not going to be voiced at all. Like it, it mm-hmm. all looks the same. And, and I think the uh, another 
weird minor issue that I have with the game is it got it. It's really weird that like they they have like like dialogues as you're running around, but that like they're the the font size on those is freaking tiny, just like the little for uh, quips they have as you're running around. Yeah, like those are freaking tiny, and like and they, you don't get to see them again. So like you have to like read that really fast as you're like running around too. And those yeah. aren't, usually aren't voiced either. And like the, those are those are nice things that I want to have, you know. Like I want to know. Um, and I, I know like several of my friends who play on like larger TVs that are you know sit back farther away from their TVs, uh, you know that 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 frustrates them. It's it's like the Xenoblade X problem when you're playing that on the Wii U gamepad. It's like it's just like the your the font the font size of like when you pick up treasures is like bigger than like what that actually is. <laughs> That's true. So it, it's kind of, cool. it's kind of, it's kind of annoying, but then there's also the little things uh, that, that I do like about it is like, just like the little animation things, like you're going down the stairs of them, like actually like doing that little jog down the stairs. Yeah. Like that, that's really cool. Like catch, like getting their footing as they step mm-hmm. down the, yeah. the steps. So play, we're both playing on PC and f- two things I want to mention. First of all, I have a GTX 1080. What's your graphics card? I'm, uh, just I'm a 970. Over. Okay. Are you what? I, on a 1080, I can get 4K 60 FPS, like no issues whatsoever. It's, you know, being a cell shaded game, it's not like super high textures and things like that. Um, but what. It seems uh, yeah. to perform pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it, it's performing pretty well for me too. I'm just doing a 1080 uh, p uh, all high settings. Uh, it's been uh, yeah. a fantastic, you know, uh, stable uh, 60. I actually have it at unlimited frame rate, so it's pro- uh, going yeah. over that most of the time. I, I've been hearing reports as well that um, people can run uh, even up to 1440 at a stable 60 on a 970. It's optimized pretty damn well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think the only issue that uh, I've had some people report to me as the, the there's a multi monitor monitor issue uh, yeah, going around. I heard that. Uh, yeah, I was inquiring about it with you and um, was it James uh, the other night on what that was all about. So apparently, like if there is still like a minor thing in the game, like if you have uh, two more than one monitor running, it could cause the game performance to uh, lower, and people have had to like disable their second monitor uh, to get like higher or better performance out of the PC version. But uh, there's there's also workarounds for that, like borderless window or running uh, borderless gaming on Windows and whatnot. So it, it's it, it. But for the most part, like just uh, functioning perfectly like at launch, they didn't. There's not anything major or broken mm-hmm. about the PC version, which is nice. It's just, it's kind of a weird, refreshing change. Like because you see a lot of like not like not near even is still yeah, broken. <laughs> yeah, just just not even like like only japanese releases on pc but like but you know there's still a, a bunch of western games that do that but it is kind of a weird trend the like uh japanese developed games on pc a good chunk of them are still kind of kind of have problems that still have ongoing problems like near automata that you said that well one thing i also wanted to mention and i don't know if Zach ran into this issue or not on PlayStation 4, not PlayStation 4 Pro, but base PlayStation 4, apparently the loading in battles on the world map isn't ideal, um, oh. which can... I, I, I saw one person mentioning, especially considering how the game isn't a very hard game and sometimes battles can be pretty quick, yeah. that it was actually kind of tedious for them to have like a longer loading time to get into like a really short battle and then have another longer loading time to get out of battle. Like On PC, I don't run into that problem. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but that's, I guess that's, 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 that's in terms of technical issues, that's one of the only things I've 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 heard. Um, so, uh, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see if they. I, if, but it's a really otherwise it's a pretty good performance. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. But on the technical side, it seems uh, pretty well in that aspect. I'm kind of surprised that like there's a lot of systems on top of systems in this game. Um, it's yeah. It, it, Have not, you gotten the, like skirmishes yet? I didn't get the skirmishes yet. I, ba- I barely uh, unlocked the tactics tweaker um, yeah. thing. And that, I have not messed with that. I, I I did because like I I was just so curious. So what? Uh, it's not a big spoiler. Like uh, eventually you get this option to kind of uh, use battle points that you earn from leveling up characters to kind of tweak um, bonus like uh, basically uh, checks and balances systems over attributes you'd like to see raised. So you spend these battle points, for example, on like if you want uh, more experience over less money or if you want more money, you'll have to take less experience. And you're like unlocking like switches on like uh, these settings on like what kind of bonuses you would want at the expense of another. And then there's also other like options like what would you like to deal more damage on dragon-type monsters in exchange for, let's say, slime-type monsters. So, like, if you know you're going to, like, uh, an area that's filled with, like, wyverns and dragons, you'll be uh, bumping that up at the expense of, like, dealing less damage on slimes if you manage to find any there. And and also buffing, like, stats universally for your characters along with other weird modes. Like, um, I'm trying to remember the top right corner of that screen what that what that uh affected but in the, in the tactics tweaker yeah yeah uh yeah. E- either like way, i said this is mostly a sheer laziness but i just decided you know i'm not gonna mess with this until i like need to um yeah I fair know. enough I, 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 well, mostly yeah. because i'm lazy I, yeah because <laughs> it's one of those things that like you kind of even though it's like it's an easygoing game it does like it does have systems that make you like kind of scratch your head a bit of like well I could potentially make what's supposed to be an easier game, uh, an easy game, even easier if I really want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, that that kind of surprised me, you know. And not not to be uh, negative with this next statement, but the the way it kind of stacks systems on top of systems. I haven't even unlocked like the kingdom building yet, for example. And I know that's going to be a whole mm-hmm. other thing, but it kind of, it gives me vibes of Shadow of War. But if 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 those vibes of Shadow War were positive, I feel like this is. I, I feel like I, I like expanding my options uh, in this game, mm-hmm. unlike in Shadow of War, where it felt overbearing. Um, but it it's cool. I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm I do like most of the improvements that the, that they've uh, underwent, and I, I think you know it was it was a weird, concerning thing for Andrea and I uh, when we played it uh, back at E3, last year's E3. Where uh, the demos they had were the the, the kingmaker boss, the, like the gorilla type thing, thing, yeah. and, uh, and like uh, and so, like some other boss at Goldpaw, which is at a, at a later chapter, and like those, like really dragged on. And I know they wanted us to like learn the battle system and like, but those HP meters barely like budged with the with the configuration that we were given. While well, on this one, like at least for the one of the bosses, like that thing went down like freaking. Yeah, uh, less than thirty seconds were on my end. But so, yeah. chapter four mm-hmm. is where the game like really starts to open up in terms of being a little bit less linear. Uh-huh. That's when you get the kingdom building mode, and that's also when you start to do get quests. And those two things are a little bit linked together because many quests 
one of the rewards you can get for a quest. Okay, let me maybe back up and organize this a bit. So the kingdom building mode, not to go into too much detail, it's actually pretty straightforward. So like, I know some people saw this and like, I don't want to mess with that. That looks t- tough or, you know, right. like it requires too much thought or, or something, you know, it's like, I just want to kill things in an RPG, but it is pretty simple. Uh, it's kind of like if you've ever played a real time strategy game um, where you, when you build a building, um, you can then have that building uh, perform an upgrade. Um, and so like some up, a lot of upgrades are things like the, the, the building you can now buy certain items. The game has lots of different collectible items. Mm-hmm. Um, that you, that you use for quests and later tasks and other various things, uh, and armors and weapons and uh, things like that. And uh, you get people that you put into these buildings, and the game is pretty helpful letting you know which people go into which buildings. So it's, it doesn't require a whole lot of thought. Um, and based on what people you have, you get base, you can basically build your kingdom bigger and bigger and get more and more upgrades. There are even some upgrades, I'm sure you'll be glad to hear, that actually are kind of like quality of life. There's one that makes your character run faster on the, sp- on the oh, screen, both, both, God. both in the dungeon and in the world map. Cool. Uh, yeah, so things like that. Um, so, and you also unlock quests, and certain quests, you kind of get to the point once you get used to kingdom building, you basically want as many citizens as you, want, as you can get in there. Because the more citizens you have, the more productive your city's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And more upgrades you can get more quickly. And so then that becomes like one of the best rewards you can get for a quest is when you get someone to join you. Um, <laughs> That's funny to hear. <laughs> yeah. The greatest reward you can have in a quest is another citizen. It is. It's true. Um, and so the quests, kind of like the, the, the quests in the original Nino Kuni, which I forget what they called them, but they were like fixing people's hearts or something. Um, it, they're pretty simple overall. They're kind of what you expect. It's, you know, kill this sub-boss monster over here that's annoying me or collect these items. Or sometimes there'll be some where you have to do a skirmish battle mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So, like, I'm not going to... These aren't like Witcher 3 quests or anything like that. You know, they're just kind of like fetch quests. Um, so that brings up skirmish battle mode, which actually unlocks a little bit before the kingdom mode, where it's it's kind of like... Uh, it's a real-time... This one is maybe more like battle portion of an RTS where you have up to four squads that you control and you eventually get like dozens of squads to choose from. So how you, which, which four you pick seems to become pretty important. Uh, and you basically run along the world map with these squads and they, uh, you attack, you're attacking enemy squads in the map and there's things like bases, there's things like barrage towers and cannons and hmm. things that you have to destroy and then you can build them kind of swap them to your side and things like that. Uh, It's it's kind of cool. Like it's I I don't know if I like like it yet. It seems to be pretty. uh, There's a lot you can do with it, Um, and I'm I'm not really sure if there's any like major rewards you can get later for doing them. Uh, But there's that skirmish mode that it also has a, a weapon triangle type uh, element to it where you have some squads that use swords, axes, and spears, and just like Fire Emblem, swords beat axes, axes beat spears, spears beat That's swords. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, your levels in the skirmish mode are actually totally separate from the regular gameplay, so you kind of have to, like, seek out lower-level skirmishes first. Maybe you can do them a couple of times in a row, uh, just kind of gain some XP for your squads, and then you, you know, seek out some higher-level skirmishes. 
I'm at the point where there's a couple of skirmishes for quests. Kind of what I was saying earlier, there's this one quest that I know the reward is you get the person to join your join your city. Like, I want that. You know, more people are good. But he wants me to do a skirmish first, but the skirmish is too hard for me. So I'm trying to, like, uh, train up my squad so I can do it, so I can get this guy to join my team to do the city building. Um, and so that's kind of how all these systems kind of work together. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, it seems like it's a very, uh, it's a type of game that uh, I think people who love collecting things or uh, things like that, oh, like completing the quests and getting the citizens and getting your upgrades and doing the skirmishes uh, will like, because there's so many different things to collect in a sense. It has, and has I a good even... like gameplay loop of fulfillment. Uh, yeah. You, you certainly it, feel satisfied anytime that like you get anything out of the game. Yep, and that, we haven't even mentioned uh, Higgledies. Yeah, I was thinking uh, that too. So that's another thing you can collect, actually. You get a couple of Higgledies early on, kind of, you know, your tutorial, like here's your first yeah, one. Yeah, these are the little Pinkman type dudes that are not, not really the replacement for familiars, but they're, they're kind of a new system in, like, in servitude of the, of the familiars. So, like, in exchange for familiars, you have these guys that you don't really control, but they give you a lot of helpful bonuses in and out of battle. Like, they let you yeah. um, traverse the environs. Like, some may, like, uh, cause, like, uh, a le- like this blowing leaf to, like, spin faster so you can uh, f- fly up it. Or in battle, you can have these, uh, some of them, like, huddle up together so you can um, transform them into a cannon to, like, uh, yep. give you artillery support and whatnot. So, like, for example, so a couple of things I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Higgledies in battle, you, you, you select uh, three characters you use in battle. You, you get more than three characters this time around, and your reverse characters do get EXP. Uh, you know, so it avoids that, <laughs> that you do, annoyance you do get more, game. You, you do get more than uh, three characters in the first one as well. I think you get up to two other people. Really? I don't remember that at all. I, 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 boot, I booted up my save. I, I saw two other people in that party screen. Maybe I, I just I never used like them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. Don't don't trust my memory, I guess. But anyways, um, not in, in in addition to the three like characters that you can control, you select up to four Higgledy groups. Um, and like for example, my Higgledy groups, I have two greens, one purple, and one gray uh, Higgledy. So yeah, they're like Pikmin in terms of like their color determines what they do. And the green ones, every this is semi-random, but like in battle, sometimes they'll huddle up, and you'll know they're ready. When they, like they start to glow and this little circle appears around them, when you when you go to them and press the action button, they'll basically create like a little healing circle, and that's actually pretty useful for me. I'm a little bit reckless, I guess, in battle, so having two groups that can both heal me um, helps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to have them do that. And then like the purple ones, when they do that, they kind of create like this area of effect attack, which is you know useful for taking out when you have like a small swarm of enemies. So if I see them ready to go, run up to them, you know, press the button and have them perform, I don't know, like it's like a mini dark nuke or something, you know, just kind of explode half the battlefield. Right. Um, and you, so you can pick four and there's a, I haven't really looked at this too much. I think it's because it just unlocked for me, but you can upgrade Higgledies and level them up and things. And so I assume that in- increases their, like the parameters in terms of like how much damage they do or whatnot. But also, when you combine Higgledies, like, in their groups of four, like, which four you pick, there's supposed to be, like, different combinations, permutations that benefit each other somehow. I haven't really messed with that too much. Unfortunately, the game is a little bit on the easy side. You probably don't really even need to. Um, but that is another element in one of the systems in the game. 
And that gets me to my next point, uh, that you can collect Higgledies by finding these stones on the world map. Basically, it's, it's called a Higgledy stone, and they ask for an item. And what they'll do is they'll ask for an item from a certain category. Like, they'll say, I am looking for a, a vegetable. And then you have to know, you have to pick the right vegetable to give it this, the stone. And then if you select the right one, it'll, you basically recruit that Higgledy. Now, there's already guides online telling you which ones you're supposed to use and whatnot. Um, Go with the but, one that you think you think are the cutest. Yeah, I guess. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, which items to use to, to recruit them. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many there are, but that kind of just brings up the, the collecting point again, is you kind of eventually want to collect them all, right? Uh, even if you don't need them all. Uh, you want to find all the Higgledy yeah. stones, collect all the Higgledies. I've actually, I actually have a, a notebook or a notepad file that I'm keeping track of. Like, I found this stone... It apparently needs this item that I can't get yet. Oh, that's cool. Note okay. for, yeah, I'm just going to note it for now, where it is, what it needs, and then I'll, as soon as I find out where to get that item, I'll come back and get them. Um, so in another thing, on the world map, there's also these blue chests that you can that you start to see pretty early on that you cannot mm-hmm. open. Apparently, you unlock blue chests. I have not gotten to this point yet. By one of your kingdom building uh, bonuses from one of the, one of the uh, shops you can one of the upgrades you can get from one of your buildings there. And so I'm also noting where my blue chests yeah, are. Uh, so that's just uh, another thing to collect. So there's a lot of stuff to collect. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good game. time to mention, too, that uh, yeah. Zach has been doing like a fantastic job with the uh, Nino Kuni 2 guides on the site. Uh, saved my ass in, the, in, in some of the earlier parts of the game of like kind of puzzle solving and whatnot. Um, so if you're, if you're having trouble in Nino Kuni 2, we do have a fair amount of guides up now. Um, that will just help you out, you know. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying. We're trying to list like where the Higgledy stones are, I, I think where I, the chests are, and things like that. I, I think the, the the grand point that we're making here out of all the Nino Kuni talk is that this game has a lot to offer, and we wish that it, it like there was like we we wish that like the the, the balancing of the game like supported uh, mm-hmm. more exploration out, out of the full potential of its systems. Like it's hard yeah, for it to shine because it like you, cause you kind of scroll, you kind of sail through battles as is already, whatever your yeah. configuration is. I kind of wish there, it, it kind of reminds me of in a very basic sense of blue dragon for Xbox 360, mm, yeah. where the regular mode on that game is kind of a cakewalk and it, it seems to be a common advice that people give now is play blue dragon on hard not that it's hard but it just that extra level of resistance just kind of that blue dragon is a job system so it's a totally different type of game but that extra level of resistance kind of forces you to actually like use that job system and kind of work your way around it and it just becomes a cooler game and i kind of feel like Nino kuni could almost use that now i'm only a couple hours in so you know i don't know yeah. how it progresses from here I'm a little further than you, mm-hmm. but I do think you, you just kind of have to have the right mindset going in. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, this is a leisurely comfort food, you know, relaxing playthrough. Uh, it's not really something that's going to be really tense or epic. You know, even the storyline is just kind of a Disney Ghibli uh, type of feel to it. It's, you know, laid back, adventurous rather than, you know, shown in anime. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's that type of feel, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm honestly actually coming, especially coming off of like, like Xenoblade, um, which is, yeah. a, which is more shown in anime kind of with really intricate systems and things. Uh, not that Xenoblade is hard, but I kind of feel like this is almost a nice contrast to that. And so like, even if it is a, a little bit more 
you know, the leisurely playthrough. I'm kind of just enjoying it for that. Yeah, but you just kind of have to have that expectation. Yeah. Uh, it's also important to note that the, there's no difficulty modes in this game yet, whatever you yeah. It is what it is. And, but the, for PC players out there, um, there are, I know there are cheat engine uh, tweaks you can make to the game. Like, I know some people have been kind of starting to experiment with damage multipliers in the game where they take more damage and deal less damage for them to kind of mm-hmm. play around with the battle system a, a bit more thoroughly and intimately and so i think that's cool uh giving them the option to do that at least on you know on the pc side even though you kind of have to hack your way in <laughs> into yeah. that kind of stuff but you know i mean just more options is always better and uh, yeah, I, I i think i, I think s- i think people will uh, just generally enjoy it if you just want a good time yeah and so if you just want a you know a comfortable relaxing rpg if you love collecting things you love fi- finishing quests um, exploring a world map and you know looking at finding blue chests and higgledy stones and things like that, uh, you know it's got that feel to it. So it's yeah, it's I'm enjoying it. I'm I basically plan on playing it as soon as we finish this podcast. Yep, same here. Uh, Have so, you been playing anything else uh, besides Alliance Alive? And uh, I, I know you can't you can't talk about that. And you know, so because I'm insane, okay, um, I. So a couple, about a month ago now, maybe a little less, they did do the Xenoblade uh, New Game Plus uh, edition, oh, right. and I actually did go through it to get the new uh, the new blades. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. skipping cutscenes because you know I just played it. Uh, it still takes a good you know twenty thirty hours. Uh, like, are you just like kind of like uh, running by everything, only doing like story critical yeah. bosses? Uh, basically, just. I I did end up actually doing a lot of like the kind of exploring just to kind of fill out the map again because you have to. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just it kind of feels bad just going like literally going from like key objective to key objective. So I did do a little bit of just the redoing what I had what I've already done in the first game. But yeah, I just played through the new game plus mode to get the uh, the new blades. They seem like they're kind of what you would expect. Uh, a little bit stronger than some of the regular blades. You know, they are a bonus after all. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so, you know, there's really no reason to do that. Like they did, they don't, they didn't add like any like extra bosses or anything like that. And I had already, you know, taken care of the the post game monsters that the game has. So it's not like they're any more difficult. They're actually a lot how easier it, the second time. Around, how does it but... feel to like go through that game now with like all the quality of life changes that they've done? Like it's... being able to like uh, skip through the, like the the opening animation. Yes. Levels. So like for example, so there are seven new blades to get. So you have to dump you know, go through your cores again to get blades. And it's just so much nicer that you can, two things, you can skip that animation where they like hold the crystal and it flashes mm-hmm. a couple of times and then they, then it shows up. You can skip that animation outright. That saves so much time. Oh my God, I need to go uh, back to that game soon. <laughs> that sounds yeah, so, so it's, so it's not as tedious, but also like some, some, you, if you, if you spent time trying to get some of the rare blades, you probably got to the point where you actually have to release like batches of them mm-hmm. because you have too many. I still have like and three you, left that I, I had never gotten. Yeah, you have to. Uh, but you used to have to. They they had some quip where they're like, "You're releasing me, oh man," or something stupid like that. And now you can skip through that too. So it just it's a lot faster. And uh, one of the earlier updates that, that they had was like with the world map uh, or the map overlay, excuse me, um, and things like that. Um, and with the Merc missions, you can skip through some of the, some of the introductory text there too. Uh, they've even like I think one of their first one of the earlier updates even fixed or uh, improved things like uh, 
texture pop in and things like that. So it's it's been improved a lot in the last three months since release. So <laughs> yeah. it's I know Brian, uh, another writer, he Your actually said like. Even. Yeah, he, he actually said, like, weird. Uh, he, he'd almost, like, give the game and his mental, like, review score, like, a whole other point now just because it's uh, some of these uh, quality of life yeah, things. Yeah, Brian so. loves it. It's, it's awesome. Like, I, me and him had a, had a blast uh, working uh, through it before release and, like, uh, doing, doing the, guide the stuff, uh, uh, guides. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I really appreciate, uh, you know, him being there. It's It was cool <laughs> going through that. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else? That's it. Um, I'm playing Nino Kuni 2 now, like mainly because last year, this is silly, but last year, like I didn't play any of the new releases that came out in quarter like one and two. So that mm-hmm. includes like Horizon and Nier and Persona and Zelda. And it's, by the end of the year, I'm just like, man, I have all these games piling up on me and they're huge. And I'm just like, I'm just going to play Nino Kuni now. So it's not, you know, it's not a huge game, but from, from all accounts, but I just kind of wanted just to play it at launch rather than wait again. So. Kind of a weird justification, but okay. Yeah, cool. That's it. Uh, for as for me, uh, after uh, coming out uh, dry at the at the end of uh, this very very stormy week in uh, Southern California, doing my civic duty as a United States citizen in the judicial system, um, I've been kind of uh, playing this uh, little game called Synthetic. Uh, barely came out on Steam. Um, it's kind of a uh, a, it's a it's a weird mix of uh, Hotline Miami and Risk of Rain, uh, where you kind of go through these floors, and you uh, your objective is to uh, stop the Armageddon, and you're like this cyber soldier guy uh, who you can even spec into one of four classes. You have like uh, the Guardian class, which is good at defense, um, the Rogue class, obviously Wait. Good at sneaking. I, I haven't played the games you mentioned, but it's it's so it's like a a top down type of yeah like, kinda, yeah kind of like a top down kind of um, not really isometric in the sense like it's from a corner like, so it's more like a, a like a forty five degree angle view but not from a corner if you know what I mean it's kind of it, it's it's like Diablo in a that, sense. Uh, Diablo is what came to mind you yeah know, yeah so. it's kind of it's kind of like Diablo but it's not it's not from a corner perspective it's more it's more of a flat line uh, perspective. Um, so like like straight aerial straight yeah, down yeah yeah okay yeah. well like hotline Miami like I I think I know what that looks like yeah <laughs> so. Um, and so, so you know, you go into these uh, floors and it's very much about um, it, it, there's so much to it so everyone has like you know their starting weapons uh, all them guns um, they all uh, specialize in different things like uh, like the rogue class uh, would be good at headshots uh, while you know. The, the commando class obviously good at um, assault rifles dealing uh, constant damage and whatnot and there's just so much to it. it it's hard to even explain like where how you even like kind of parse this thing because just it's not really like stupidly complex but being able to like kind of break down the systems that are in play are it, it's it, it would take forever but it's been it's fun going through that because like a kind of roguelike uh, structure um, upgrading classes. It's kind of like Rogue Legacy in where there's persistent um, leveling every time you die. So even though you die, you have to start over. You're leveling up these classes uh, as you go, and you're kind of collecting uh, data and going through bosses and whatnot, uh, trying to reach the end. But there's no checkpoint. Every time you die, you have to start over. 
and uh, being able to mess around with all the options that it gives you because you each class has uh, uh, a certain amount of perks but you can only equip up to three along with like a, a starting item set like I know the specialist class has like its own uh, little turret that uh, you can start off with uh, right away and that class is really good at um, like getting a different element of bullet bullet elements into it so you can have like a machine is, gun is with this like multiplayer assets. it you can you can play up to with one other person co-op play uh okay. right now it it's actually like it's fully out not in early access but there are definitely elements about it that feel like it's in early access like there's a lot to be desired about like the, okay. the ui um the co-op multiplayer is not always the most stable even though you have like a even though it's, it says that you have like a like a low ping with a person it can still like uh stutter during that um and you know uh when you're with someone like the the chests aren't shared so whoever gets that chest that's their item so you kind of have to work together with your partner so it doesn't feel like only uh, one person's getting buff um so whoever opens the chest first gets the loot yeah, essentially. So you that, so, it, so like even Diablo knows just you know when you open a chest, the loot is kind of randomized. For, yeah, uh, yeah. For a person, so you know you, it. I feel like that's that's the better option because you know then you're not just racing. You know, whoever whoever, whoever clicks the chest first or yeah. I, I think that, I think this one's. I, I wonder if they're going to change it or not. Right now, it doesn't feel feel too bad because it, the the small community that it has. That yeah. Do, you know, at least at least they all seem pretty reasonable people, right? So the like it's like a. Just random person and I like uh, decide. Okay, I'll get all the loot in the in the first and third floor. You can get it from two and four, so it's like even odd distribution yeah. distribution kind of deal. So that 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 worked out. That was nice, um, but it, it was a definitely a different pace because while I'm playing solo, I like to hide behind cover, take my shots, uh, and, and aim precisely. And you get a partner who just like bomb rushes everything. Yeah, exactly right. And then like how your HP works out is like you have a shield, and then like your main HP pool that doesn't regenerate, but your shield does. Uh, so it's always kind of a oh a, a weird thing because like the enemies are very threatening in that game, especially when they start like huddling up together. And some enemy types can come in like an elite form, and some of them can like zip around. Like I know there are like troopers that can teleport around with laser guns, and you're just like, oh fuck, not again, right? So. <laughs> So it, that that's been really cool to experiment around with and kind of I think it it also has like an active reload system as well on top of all the other options like it, it's I need to go show you like a, a screenshot of like the options. What was this game called again? Sorry, synthetic. It's like that's right. Yeah, I was like some something. Okay, yeah, synthetic. Except with that with a K at the end instead of C. Uh, C. Oh, uh, stylish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, also like um, well. Like in um, super giant games, like you know, Empire and Transistor and Bastion, uh, mm-hmm. there th- this has like a dynamic difficulty multiplier. So like you can stack on all these difficulty options in the menu for uh, in exchange for like a, a better experience multiplier at the end. So like you can have like oh you can turn off um, a- active reloading and um, and your uh, guns like potential to jam on you. Um, but you'll get less experience. But if you start stacking on all those along with like other options, like, oh, you can only damage enemies with headshots and whatnot, like, you'll get a better experience as you play uh, through the game. So you, get, like, you can get up like 200% experience, but it'll be super fucking difficult depending on like what mm. damn difficulty options you stack on that. So, I, I mean, it's, 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 been, it's a weird, cool experiment. 
I I would like to see. Uh, I know that I know the developers are very diligent about, you know, still patching the game almost daily, um, making tweaks to the balancing and refining the UI and whatnot. And it, it has it still has some ways to go on like being like the ideal game that I want it to be. But it 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 was a very cool recommendation that I if you like those kinds of games, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but other than that, it's not not a lot outside of that. But I can't wait to get back to Tino Kuni too, for sure. Yeah, um, are you getting Yakuza next month? Uh, is that yeah? It is next month. I think I am. Well, actually. yeah. I mean, just kind of. I'm. Nino Kuni is probably just for me like the biggest game coming out this 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 kind of this first quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I did. Oh, I didn't mention. I actually did play a little bit of the Secret of Mana remake. All oh, right. You know, I figured it was. You know, Secret of Mana is not a super long game. I'm I'm not like a super big fan of the first one, but I you know it's there's a nostalgia there. Right. Um, and the remake, it's okay. Like the art style is, you know, I think I prefer just the 2D kind of sprites because I almost always prefer 2D sprites. So that was that's not really surprising. But it's I kind of feel like uh, the remake is just serviceable. It, there's it's not it doesn't really improve on anything in any way. It doesn't really. Um, you know, the, the, there's these new conversations between the cast members that 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 happen when you go, when you sleep at an inn. But you know, they can't like add any. They don't add any story or anything. So to, it just kind of it it's it, just fluff. Yeah, to, to me, like the the new visual stuff, it kind of just like loses the charm. Like because a, a lot yeah. of the first, uh, a lot of the first releases charm to me was like just in that era. Like you do, do this is like a very lovable kind of RPG because it exu- exuded so much like comfy feelings. Yeah. Especially with the way they kind of uh, the the neat tricks they do with uh, with, the, with the sprites and how they interact and how they move around and dancing shopkeeper like with with the sprite yeah. and, like in in the in the remake it's just I, I don't know there's just something really well, interesting. and it doesn't so, help that the music is still yeah the the remixed music there there are a couple I, I'm listening to the act just because I want to just experience it once you know mm-hmm. there are a couple of tracks like in the snow area that I thought were okay but. Like the main town theme is like, someone described it as like accordion techno, and it's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, that so that works. The original right. Secret of Mana is like it's it's a very pretty game, but it's it's actually like kind of broken in ways in yeah. terms of like its mechanics. Mm-hmm. And the the remake polishes that up a little bit, but it, I feel like Secret of Mana gained a lot of its you know. Its status in in the sense of a classic classic game due to its music and its visuals. So when you change both of those, although the music you can change back, it, I kind of feel like you're altering the things that people really were most yeah. fond of. Uh, so, but yeah, it's it's okay. I, I don't think it's a poor like it, it's it's a workable port. It's just you know it's it it's nothing. It, it feels a little bit unnecessary, but oh, I should mention that made that reminds me. Hmm. If you're listening to this podcast. You only have like two days, maybe one day, whenever this podcast gets recorded, until middle of the day on Monday to buy any virtual console games on Wii. Oh yeah, you did a, a, an article, uh, yeah. basically saying, "Hey, if you want these fucking RPGs before that uh, the virtual console shop closes down forever, check that out. There's some really good yeah. recommendations." So like Secret of Mana, Secret of Mana, the original is on there. Um, I think the only the, the other place to get it is if you have like an NES SNES Classic mm-hmm. edition. It's on that. Um, so you know if you're if you're if you're a fan of classic RPGs, Virtual Console has 
access right now to some of the uh, easiest, it's, it's the most accessible versions of some of these games uh, if you have a Wii or a Wii U. Uh, and since we still don't really know how Switch Virtual Console is going to work, it's kind of like this is this is the this is the this was the worry that people had with digital storefronts is what happens when they shut down and yeah and shut down. So so once it shuts down, who knows what's going to happen? Just be like me and hoard everything uh, forever until the end of time. But, but, but yeah. there are no more video games left. At least you still have some <laughs> video games. <laughs> um, but just to kind of list out some of the games I mentioned. Like for example, the the SNES version of Ogre Battle. Um, there's also a PlayStation One version of it, but it's otherwise not available digitally anywhere. I forgot um, what was the differences on that. Was it just the PS One has like had? Like, I, it's, I think it had different game. spell effects. Just okay. you know, like the games and the sprites and everything else is the same, but it had some spell effects that were a little bit different um, there. Like this isn't really an RPG, but Act Razor. I haven't actually played this, but oh, I was sure man. to pick it up because it it's, it's such. A it's a such a unique game, but apparently it's not like anything else in the twenty whatever years it's been uh, since it came out. It's it's like part city building, part um, platforming. But re- besides an original cartridge on SNES, you can't get it anywhere else. Um, another game that I mentioned was uh, I actually haven't played this yet. Uh, East Book One and Two. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have the Chronicles versions of East, and I'm assuming most people who have played it have played that version just because it's really easy to get. It's mm-hmm. on Steam. It's even on phones now. Um, but this version of East, uh, it has these like um, PC Engine kind of cutscene type. They're like, yeah, they're yeah, not really like, they're not really like anime cutscenes, but they're kind of like slightly animated screenshots with, you know, these 2D artwork with some... Yeah, when you think of PC Engine animation. portraits, it, ha- it evokes that kind of style. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like PC98. It's earlier than that, but similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it it has the games East one and two is like all one big game rather than two separate ones and I know that in terms of they're just kind of like the story pacing and the you know kind of just even the gameplay pacing throughout some people really like that it's just kind of one big adventure and one thing that actually surprised me so this game came out in English in 1990 and some of the scenes in the opening have voice acting in English wow. no no shit, and huh? it's actually and it's actually like pretty good uh, voice <laughs> acting. Like I'm not going to say like it's absolutely stellar voice acting, considered, but it was like, it, almost it, 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 thirty it was, years ago. Yeah, but you, you think about like the, the uh, relative yeah. to that time period, it was yeah certainly uh, eye opening. Like, huh? So no way. <laughs> yeah. So like for example, in East Two, the main girl that you meet is, and there's like a scene where she's speaking to you, like, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Uh, and she's got like a British type of accent uh, in this version. But anyway, it's just it's a different version of East that like this is the easiest way to get place to get it because otherwise it's I mean you can emulate any of these probably but if you want to get them like in an official capacity I think the only other version of this is on like the Turbo Graphics uh, so yeah so, yeah uh, there's a couple of other games I mentioned too just games that are worth getting because un- past this Monday who knows when they'll be available again yeah. well with that said on to the news of the week. And starting off strong, the the uh, Bandai Namco uh, held their eighth anniversary live stream of God Eater, where they finally announced that God Eater th- God Eater Three is coming to the PlayStation Four and PC via Steam. And they showed off uh, a new trailer and a little bit of a uh, gameplay out of that. Um, uh, Kite uh, did a translation and uh, put up a news article on the site. Uh, I don't know too much about God Eater, Adam. How about you? 
I know nothing. All I know is it's like Monster Hunter with an. Yeah, all I know is that um, I think the remake of the first one, they could like transform their arm into some beast arm thing that could eat your enemies. <laughs> so, God eater, I don't know. Yeah, weird, huh? Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of not unexpected. Uh, the God eater, yeah, the platforms and, and, and resurrection came to PS4 yeah. and Steam as well. So yeah, I mean, it, God eater was announced a while ago, and it was already announced to. Um, so the fact that the other games came out on PlayStation 4 and Steam, they, you know, they, they're kind of keeping the platforms, even though this game was announced a while back, you know, kind of a mystery for some reason, and it's just coming out on the same platforms. Um, so, do, you th- do you think it's worldwide release? M- maybe. I mean, Nino Kuni, Code Vein looks to be worldwide. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters was. So Monster Hunter. Info, yeah, Monster well, Hunter. Well, that's Capcom. Capcom, but yeah. Japanese companies in general, worldwide, Square Enix. You're seeing a lot more of these worldwide releases, um, but Bonnie Namco has had several, uh, so it's, it, I would definitely see that as a possibility. That'd be exciting if it was. I uh, I hope so. And I, I guess if the, if if it's coming to Steam and we know for yeah. sure, it, it seems like a given that this is coming over. I feel like they already like posted like the teaser trailer or whatever. Well, it's already been announced for oh, okay. localization. Okay, yeah. so yeah, then maybe so, just maybe. But, mm-hmm. Okay. I don't. I don't know if it, is it set for this year. I don't think. It's... I. I don't know if they gave a, a, a time or. I, I have no idea if they, they announced it for this year or not. I, I. I. I would say if it if it's this year, I feel like it's gonna be like late this year because they want to give time for Code Vein. Right? Well, there, yeah. There's Code Vein is their one of their biggest RPG release. Um, it's also possible that I, I guess it is possible that in the English version they might add like an Xbox One version because they can because oh, they did true. that for. I, they did that for Code Vein and Dragon Ball's on there, so so yeah, yeah. Bond and Amco does that. I probably uh, won't play it because it doesn't seem like my type of game, but you know, if God either if God Eater three <laughs> is somehow the Monster Hunter world uh, to Monster Hunter, <laughs> yeah. then uh, maybe there, there's something there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll I'll pick it up finally. Like I, I know I played a little bit of the second one. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, but I don't know if it's for me. I uh, what game was it? One of the Tales games was it Berseria? Maybe it was Hysteria. Had like some of the like a God Eater like crossover thing, like a weapon or something. It's like that's all I know. Great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything. On to the next okay. one. The next one's kind of cool because um, on at GDC at Spike Chunsoft's uh, Spike Chunsoft had like this big event uh, where they're showing off like all the games that they're localizing in the celebration of their North American branch. Uh, one of them is Zonky Zero: Last Beginning coming to the West uh, for PlayStation 4 and Steam. And that's the new uh, dungeon RPG from several uh, Danganronpa staff like Yoshinori Terasawa and Takuyuki Sugawara, who both was the producer uh, of the first one and the director of the second one, respectively. And the development team behind this title is Landcars, which is, I think they did Lost Dimension, Lost Dimension somehow yeah. keeps coming up when I'm on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, th- this one seems uh, kind of cool because this is uh, the whole premise of it was, is like like you take control of these eight main characters. They're like clones of the last survivors of humanity. Seven of them are like the, represent the seven deadly sins. One is the original sin. And, and they then, only live for like 13 days? Yeah, they have this, this like age cycle where they, they literally are born... 
like as a, of course as a baby they they grow up and get get old and die of old or, or either die from battle or, or get old and within the span of 13 days and i guess there's some gameplay loop uh in terms of that uh and what it seems really weird like they're showing off well actually like... i don't know if you mentioned this but the game is a first person dungeon crawl um mm-hmm. It says it has uh, like survival elements, so they actually are calling it a survival RPG. Things like you have to get food, and they even mentioned this in the English press release. You have to have your characters go to the restroom because <gasps> you have to do that. No, <laughs> I guess. what the fuck? I mean, if I wanted to live life in a game, I would not be playing that game at all. No, I'm just kidding. That's well, I, I, I do know. I, I do know. I have a friend, huge Danganronpa fan. Uh-huh. Now, like, the thing is to remember is that the writer of Danganronpa, his name escapes me. Um, it's not Ukashi. Ukashi that's uh, Dude, that's, that's Ukashi, Zero Escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero Escape. I'm getting it mixed up. Anyways, the writer of Danganronpa is not involved. So they say Danganronpa team, but yes, the like, staff of Danganronpa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what was, let's see. Okay, hunt for. Here's the English press release. Okay. One of the bullet points: hunt for materials and food while fending off monsters in real-time battle environments. But don't forget to sleep, eat, and go to the bathroom. Seriously, it's bad for your health and fatal for your party. It's true. No one wants you to smell like shit. Yeah. Or yeah. literally take a shit there. But actually, the aging thing is actually a little bit interesting to me because some of the uh, some of the dungeon crawlers that are more that more lean less into like Etrian Odyssey and more into actual wizardry do have an aging mechanic where like younger characters usually have higher agility but lower health, and older characters have usually older like more wisdom and less health or more. You know, they, they it affects their stats, but also in some of those games, like I actually played a game that I'm pretty sure no one else has ever played ever called Elden Age Gothic, where characters can actually get old and die. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I actually have played that. That's right. <laughs> so uh, it's like that's kind of a it's probably going to be handled extremely differently, but it, it is like something that has been done in this genre before, this aging thing. Now, they're obviously looping it into this storyline and like the protagonist and things like that. But the, 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 how it's implemented as a gameplay thing uh, it has a little bit of you know history in terms yeah. of it's been done. There, there, in, there are some interesting. Before. There are some interesting things they've shared with it. Like they showed like the same cutscene with the same character, just at different age. Like one is a little kid, one is an elderly dude. Um, they also mentioned. I don't know if they mentioned the uh, English press release, but in the Famitsu coverage for it, uh, like younger characters can attack multiple times. But yeah. elderly characters uh, don't can't attack as many times, but they can charge up and attack uh, for a more powerful hit. So I mean, it's I, I'd be interested to see how it all works together. Uh, it, it is a very cool concept uh, on paper, and I, I hope they they really uh, shine through on the execution. It is a very curious title. And just for uh, like the specifics, it's coming out this in Japan this summer. Um, the English release is not actually dated, not even for this year. Technically, they just they they just said details to come. So, we'll see. See, I mean that's uh, that's pretty cool. Also, the just additional Spike Chunsoft stuff. They we should, it's worth mentioning that Spike Chunsoft they've been more and more prevalent recently. Um, kind of, they've been publishing some of their own titles on Steam. They usually have like Nice America or somebody um, do a localization for them, but they actually have published. Um, the, some of the various Danganronpa titles and a couple of other ones yeah, on Steam, like mm-hmm. under their name, yeah. um, and they've been kind of. Be, they, what I'm getting at is they actually recently opened their U.S. branch, like officially. They have they they now have a new PR setup that websites like ours and others are now in better communication with them directly. Uh, they have a new website, 
And so this is this kind of this event here was kind of like their one of their first. They had an event last year, but this was kind of one of their first. Like, hey, now we're an official like publisher of these games in a more official capacity. So that's kind of why they all these announcements came are coming now. So we'll see more of them. Yeah, the, along with uh, Zonky Zero, they also are bringing uh, Steins Gate Elite, which is a remake of the first Steins Gate using the TV anime TV anime's cutscenes to present its story. Uh, they also announced Steins Gate Zero is coming to Steam on early May. I think it's May 8th. Um, along with... Um, what else? 428 Shibuya Scramble, which is actually a very neat title. Uh, it's a, a, like an adventure game uh, set between multiple characters, but the, the neat hook with this one is that it's using like live actors. It's kind of a FMV game. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of different... Uh, you know... Uh, bad like routes that can lead to bad ends, like serving like this whole uh, murder case in Shibuya, along with other stuff that looks really cool. And um, they're working with um, I forgot I forgot the name of the studio, but uh, with D- Dylan Cuthbert uh, to publish uh, Pixel Drunk Monsters Two, uh, mm-hmm. that is coming to PS4, Switch, and Steam. And that that I really like the first uh, Pixel Drunk Monsters on the PS3, so that was a delight surprise on my end. And one one cool thing I just wanted to mention um, that four two eight game four two eight Shibuya Scramble is being localized by Kajia Productions, which you may not recognize that name, but you might recognize Alexander O Smith and Joseph Reeder. Oh, uh, yeah, they have not done a whole lot of work recently, at least not in video games. Uh, they they actually did the uh, localization for uh, the book. I think the title is it's got like three titles: Live Die Repeat. Um, Oh, uh, all I need is kills. Yeah, all I need is kills. I, I forget what title the the actual book is called, but they like did the book. They've done a couple of book right. translations. I think they've even done some of the SMT books. Um, but they and they they did in terms of video games, Tactics Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics, the the re, the retranslation, Final Fantasy Twelve. They're very talented. Yeah. Uh, now I assume Shibuya Scramble is not going to have the same quote Shakespearean tone to it, but they they put out some really good work. In terms of localizations, and this That's is actually very promising. Kind of yeah, it's it's kind of a surprising announcement because I don't I think Tactics Ogre in terms of video games that came out like 2011 was like the last major project they had. So it's had been a while. Um, so it's kind of cool just to see them again. You know, that's cool. Yeah, so that's a really cool tidbit. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, that that I'll be honest, like this game, I, I'm kind of interested in just because it seems to be so different than everything else, and that alone. It's interesting, um, yeah, but the, the, that the fact that it's being localized by Alexander Smith and Joseph Reeder again, like just you know that 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 makes me even more interested. Like I want to see it now, you know. So yeah, it's also uh, worth mentioning that four twenty eight isn't necessarily a, a new game. It was only released in Japan for the Wii only, and not yeah. a lot of people played it. Like I, I was fortunate enough to to kind of get some of my eyes on it. I didn't play it the whole way through, but I was like, wow. Why the fuck isn't more aren't more video games like this? It was a very and novel thing and continues to be. One other other thing that worth mentioning is I. It seems like the reason why this game is getting a localization is because when I like I mentioned Spike Chunsoft has becoming a little bit more present, you know, in the Western world, and they actually had a Twitter poll like, "What game should we localize?" And that was just one of their options. It was literally just a Twitter poll, and that was the game that won. Uh, so who knows if that was exactly directly the reason why they're localizing it but is that at the very least probably a factor that they take an old wii game localize it port it to to is it just steam or is it playstation as well uh playstation 4 and steam and steam right mm-hmm. yes 
Okay, so yeah, so that may, that's that, that's kind of the reason why they are localizing it, or at least a factor, is because there was interest in it uh, from people who were familiar with it and just didn't basically want to tell people play this game. I, so I, I hope more people. I hope a lot of people like. I hope it's very successful for them because it's it's mm-hmm. certainly it's one of the most refreshing games that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Next, we have um, apparently in the a, a new installment of uh, Harada Kills, which is uh, like an interview uh, articles run by 4gamer.net. Bandai Namco producer Katsuhiro Harada, uh, he sat down with uh, the Akihiro Hino, the level 5 president and CEO. The level 5 dude. Yeah, and uh, apparently in that interview, they've expressed interest and like they want to, you know, uh, not only do they want to make an MMO, but I think they've already said that they're uh, next uh, game is set in the open world in a modern setting, so that 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 was kind of a bit surprising. But I think that's that's really promising because level five, the level five rarely like kind of flexes its creative muscle these days. They're really doing um, outside of you know, Nino Kuni. They have Inozuma Eleven. They have uh, I think they're doing Layton and Yokai Watch. Yokai Watch, but that, that's really it. They're like they they're, they have like their these core like IPs. And yeah. you don't see them really breach outside of them that much, um, so I'm I'm very curious to uh, to see what what a modern day game looks like for them these days, like in the modern setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it's like I don't know if this is actually like or it's it, it's hard to know like where this project is. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is it just kind of like and is it really just early early planning or what? And like, who is publishing and what all that? But it's it's definitely an interesting prospect. So. Yeah, they they say uh, he did say that you know uh, it, that like they they wanted to make a game for their twentieth twentieth uh, anniversary. Uh, he says it won't come out this year, uh, but he they, they wanted to make the announcement uh, of the year of the anniversary. So maybe we'll hear something more about it later this year. But that's just kind of like the kind of planting the seeds there of yeah. hopefully something of a future more concrete announcement yeah, you know? yeah. So. but uh, level five not asleep they are they are definitely working on something uh beyond you kuni too and hopefully it's a it's a it's a game for uh western consoles and devices yeah uh, with MMOs, you never know. Yeah. I don't even know if it's an MMO, but oh, they just yeah. said open world. Okay. I, I, I think I think they've said they've expressed interest in making an MMO, but I think they're working on open on open world game. But I don't think those are the same project. Yeah. Who knows? Right. Know. <laughs> um. And next thing we have a new Elder Scrolls Online expansion announced. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online Somerset. And... Now, Elder Scrolls Online, it's it doesn't seem to be quite the rebound that. Like Final Fantasy fourteen has had it, when it first launched, it seemed to be mostly uh, criticized. But in recent years, it, it's it seems to have. I know a couple of people who do play it, like Adam of our site mm-hmm. uh, has played it, who are and even Alex has played quite a bit of it, and they're both pretty positive on it uh, as an MMO. Um, it's pay to play, I believe, be, meaning kind of the Guild Wars style where you buy the game or the expansion, and then you can play it no, with no subscription. I believe that's what it is right now. Um, so this expansion is the second one for the game. Now, neither of us have played this, right? No. I'm yeah, so either. I'm actually not very familiar with Elder Scrolls at all, so I'm not the best person to explain this. But 
this is the second main expansion for the online game. The first one basically take took your online character back to the world of Morrowind, the third Elder Scrolls game. This one takes you to Somerset Isle, hence the expansion name Somerset, which is, from what I gather uh, and what they announced, this is actually a setting where the elves live in this world from the first Elder Scrolls game. So they're going way back. Wow. Uh, so I know a couple of people. I was actually peeking in the Reset Era thread about it who are like big lore people that are like, you know, this in terms of a lore thing in this world, if you're invested into it, this seems to be a pretty big deal, I, I gather. Um, but yeah, this is the second uh, major expansion for the game. I think it's like around $40 for the expansion. Uh, I think it might vary if you get it on console or PC um, coming out this summer. Yeah, and also they mentioned in the press release that uh, new players can jump right into the new Somerset uh, expansion content too, without having uh, to complete the like the main story or uh, Elder yeah. Online content. So. It's not like it's not like an extra post game or something. It's, it's not. Like, like it's a... not. It's not like FF14 where you it's mandatory that you have to complete yeah. you know the, mm-hmm. the main stuff to gain access to expansions. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, they seem to. Be trucking along, uh, very dedicated fan base to that. Uh, seems like everyone's having a good time with it. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, next one, they finally shared details on the DLC DLC pack number three for Fire Emblem Warriors. This will these will have the Fire Emblem Awakening characters, uh, including Owain, Tharja, and Olivia, and that's launching on March 29th. This will also have you know your usual new costumes for some characters, broken armor models, I think stages as well, or, yeah. or new hist- history maps. History maps based on those three characters yeah. from the, from the game. And, like well, it's like the map you get Tharja and the map you get Olivia and so on. So yeah. and there, there's also uh, a, a new uh, update for the game uh, coming out that uh, the same time this DLC packs coming uh, coming out. Um, they increased the uh, Maximum character level from 130 to 150. Uh, a, a new weapon skill, new blessings, and the the good. Yeah, this and this is the last announced DLC for Fire Emblem Warriors. So, I mean, it's obviously possible they might make another one. But they, they, this was kind of like, you know, a lot of especially with Nintendo games, they announced kind of like these. This is what our plan is for uh, for future DLC, um, and this was the last one for Fire Emblem Warriors, which of course released last October. Or around there, anyway. Um, so this, there you go. You if, can find if you're a fan of the game. This the is the final update, and now you can access access everything. Yeah. Now, just as a curiosity, I think Fire Emblem Warriors the the DLC packs were actually purchased separately. I think, uh, whereas I some of the believe so. Yeah, that's not. I mean, right. if you bought them all, if you bought them all at once, I think you got the literal waifu lucina costume uh, <laughs> vital. Like the vital costume yeah so they're yeah. so they're 899 uh US yeah, dollars separate. separate and then 20 dollars season pass yeah but it's just a slight we've talked about this before like zelda you it was kind of like all or nothing you know you either buy into all the dlc or not and xenoblade is the same way you either bought the whole thing for dlc or nothing um so yeah just just a slight curiosity yeah that's it yeah <laughs> Uh, I, I guess the one final thing about this is in the in the update as well that they're going to finally add uh, Switch uh, video capture support. Oh yeah, that's cool. Still waiting on that for Xenoblade. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I forgot it doesn't have that yet. Nope. Just but yeah, I, I I just think having those that ability to share like quick ten, fifteen, twenty second little clips is cool. You know, if you yeah. want without having to use a like a capture card or something. So 
I like that. It's just like it, it, it kind of forces people to like, hey, only highlight the thing that you actually want to show people. There's like no big ass lead up to it. It's yeah. Just, like, just get to the event and, already. And you can't just do, you can't just record like the whole, your whole playthrough. Like I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen a ton of like Zelda Ruffle just little fun little things that especially people like trolling the yiga clan you know clips <laughs> uh, uh where they get hit by boulders or lightning or what have you you know so that video capture is really neat mm-hmm. um atlas uh announced uh dlc characters for coming to persona 3 uh dancing moon knight and persona 5 dancing star knight all these dlc characters uh, from what i understand they'll be available for for both games uh when you get them um the dlc characters are theodore uh, from Persona 3 Portable, uh, Lavenza, which is a uh, Persona 5 character, Sho Minizuki. Kind of a spoiler almost. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they don't care. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Sho Minizuki from Persona 4 Arena series, along with Labrys, same series, uh, Shinjiro Aragaki, Persona 3, and Goro Akechi from Persona Five, pretty pretty decent lineup. I'm kind of I kind of bit well, bummed that they, they didn't they didn't include the female uh, main character from Persona Three Portable. There's also one other character they forgot to add. Who? Koromaru. Oh yeah. He... Oh no. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I you know I'll, yeah, I'll, the only Koromaru representation you guys like was like his like the the his little wings on like Ken's backpack design. We don't need Ken. No one likes Ken. Just I don't know. Him and <laughs> I do think it's kind of weird that... Well, not kind of weird. Like, these are two separate full-priced games. Like, it's, it's... I don't know. I mean, not that I expect them to be one game either, but it's kind of weird how they're just releasing both these games at the same time. All the updates occur concurrently between the, for the two titles, and they're even sold in a bundle pack. And the game is not yet announced for localization. <laughs> So. Yeah, it's it's a weird fucking situation they have there. I, I wonder if they, I wonder at some point if this project was like, was like one big thing to say Persona Three Plus Five Dancing or whatever, yeah. and then they just decided to like fucking somewhere about just fucking split it up down the middle. It's like this is and you guys are isn't there crazy. isn't there a port for Persona Four Dancing coming out too? Yeah, like, yeah, the in like the collector's edition, whether it's like yeah. the super expensive physical or super expensive digital version of the collector's edition, the, it's only available in those in, in those uh, collector's edition packs. Huh. No, nowhere else. Not it's not it's not planned to be sold separately. So. That's that. I will that, say that Atlas Atlas USA has sometimes been a bit delayed in announcing their localizations. Like I know it took them a while to announce uh, um, Etrian Odyssey Five and uh, the Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey, which comes out in a couple months remake. Um, although they did announce uh, the Catherine remake already for localization. I, I wonder if they're if they're saving the announcement for E3. Yeah, last D three just to just to remind. That's when they basically is actually like leaked the day before. That's when they announced. Oh yeah, their three DS games. They announced a uh, um, uh, Radiant Journey, or, Redux, Radiant Historia, yeah, right. and, and Etrian Odyssey Five. Yeah, yeah like saw like some people found the fucking web pages for them. It was yeah. Like, oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, other than that, they also the. Sega detailed the Valkyria Chronicles 4 season pass DLC, and then those seem to be like you know additional paths. Uh, has like a beach episode similar to like the first one. Um, has a like a, some uh, stages for uh, like the EX Hard DLC, and also yeah. a, a, a cool DLC where um, the Clem- was it her name Primaria, the new Valkyria. Th- the thing is, her English name is uh, Crimeria or Crimeria. 
I, I don't know. She's like, like I don't know if she has like ice powers, but like everything about her, like her outfit to you know like the the the, the level they've advertised. Like a lot of the games apparently seems to take place in like a snowy Arctic Arctic area. So I don't know. Like climb area made me think of climate or something. And but nope, her name is Crime Area. I guess. Well, <laughs> uh, no, I mean it doesn't really matter, but it just. Yeah, but the uh, one of those uh, season pass DLCs uh, also has that new Valkyria facing off um, Salveria from the uh, previous uh, Valkyria Chronicles One uh, Valkyria. So that's that's cool. They've kind of laid that all out. Um, so if you guys want more Valkyria Chronicles Four when that comes out uh, in the West, um, they you know what you're getting out of that season pass. And also, um, I've been hearing good things about Valkyria Chronicles Four from the people who've uh, played in Japan. So yeah, it I'm, seems like kind of like the original. From what I've heard, which isn't a lot, um, it seems like it's kind of like the original Valkyria Chronicles, where it's not like it's not a huge game. You know, uh, it's I, I don't know how long it is, but the original Valkyria Chronicles you can beat you know in twenty twenty five hours, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's kind of a nice condensed you know twenty mission game or whatever it was, uh, and it seems like this game is kind of like that again. Um, you know, you just kind of have this nice, neat little storyline with these characters. Um, and especially considering games like Persona or Zelda or some of these huge RPGs coming out, you know, it's kind of nice to have those. Uh, that, that, that's what I liked about the, that's, uh, about the, you know, Kuni is apparently, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that too, where it's, yeah. you know, even with side quests, like 40 hours, which, you know, 40 hours isn't tiny, but compared to some of these, uh, when you consider the fact that like apparently all side quests and compared to some of these other RPGs like Xenoblade, yeah, it's 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 a, it's, it's it's a nice size. So. I too welcome the uh, the new our new short RPG Overlord era. <laughs> yeah, God, after after last year, I, I definitely need a, a little. Bit I of played that. like Persona Five and uh, Xenoblade like back to back, and Zelda and Zelda right before that too. And Zelda, I know it can be shorter, but you know, when you explore, you yeah, eat your time. I don't know, uh, I did it. So I'm just like, all right, I am, I am not gonna play any of these huge games for a while. So, <laughs> and lastly on the news, uh, Nintendo had their Nindies Direct, um, which had a few RPGs on it. Uh, they announced that Banner Saga One and Two are coming to the Switch, and uh, I think Banner Saga Three is coming to the Switch first, I believe. I, I don't, I don't remember the dates. Let me see if I can pull them up again. But yeah, I have not played Banner Saga. Has. And you know he's he's really high on them. Um, they have a really unique art art style, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's, that's probably one reason why they kind of gained a little bit of traction is because when you see it, you're like, whoa, what is this? Um, and, and the premise yeah. is cool too. Like uh, you don't see a lot of like Viking centric RPGs. Yep. And also, yeah. So Banner Saga Banner Saga three is this summer, and one and two are just later in the year. So no dates on any of them. Okay. But three will hit first. Uh, is it? But did they only announce it for Switch first, or is it um, coming to other platforms? Oh wait, wait, what's uh, Banner Saga Three? Looks like it's releasing simultaneously on PC, Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation Four. So basically, all the main consoles. Okay, okay, so that'll hit yeah. everything at once. Yep. And a few hours after the Nintendo Nindies Direct, uh, they I think... all the. I don't know if the I don't think it's Nintendo. I think it was just it. announced in a tweet, or at least that's <laughs> when I first saw it. Is when Nintendo. Yeah, uh, Hyper Light Drifter, Light Drifter coming to the Switch. Now that one I have played. It's, you know, that's a really cool um, uh, kind of just like a pixel art uh, 2D action RPG with a with a pretty neat style. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be pretty tough, you know. So that's cool. 
that's the type of game I think would just kind of fit Switch too, you know? Yeah. It seems like it's like it's. I don't. I don't have any qualifiers for that. But just you know, this game feels like a game that should be on Switch. You know, it is. Uh, Seems so, like every game cool. is a perfect fit for Switch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> from what people tell us these days for anything that's coming out anything but switch they're like but where's switch that'd be a perfect fit for switch it's like huh weird how every game on earth seems like it'd be a perfect fit for switch you know you know you know what game was announced kind of recently that i'm actually kind of it's not on switch what's up that 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 uh that sega genesis collection thing oh the, like, the mega drive well mega drive genesis same thing but oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that collection uh on Switch, or it, it, that, that collection already exists and it's on Steam and whatnot, but it's getting like a, a, a slightly updated version plus a modern console version for PlayStation 4 and Xbox, uh, but not on Switch. I imagine and, you know, they're thinking are, about it. Uh, I mean, these I are just a bunch of Genesis slash Mega Drive games. It's not I, like. <laughs> I feel like that's inevitable. I think it, that's more of a when question than an if question at this point. Yeah. I, I'm sure Sega's like, you know what? This Switch thing kind of selling really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that. That wraps up the news. Um, that wraps up our discussion of Nino Kuni Two and what we've been playing. Uh, you can find us at rpgsite.net. You can find us on Twitter at rpgsite. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/rpgsitenet. On YouTube, youtube.com/rpgsitenet, where Zach posted up some pretty freaking handy guides on Nino Kuni Two. It's some of the trickier uh puzzles you'll uh encounter early mm-hmm. in the game yep i used his trial and knowledge videos mostly because i was lazy and just like i don't want to solve this i'll just follow his videos <laughs> but i thought it was an easy game adam i thought it was an easy <laughs> game <laughs> sometimes you just gotta be lazy you can find us on... i'm not gonna call for that <laughs> you can find us on itunes at tetra uh tetracast and you can uh boot up your favorite google podcast app and search for tetracast or rpg site there um, you can find us on our Discord uh, link, uh, discord.me slash RPG site. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter where they can find, where can they find you, Adam? Uh, K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. You can where follow, can they find you? You can follow me at HDKirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. And that'll wrap up the, what is it, March 24th podcast uh, episode 104 and what is there any like big events uh, happening this week um not really i think uh next week i'll talk about alliance live because that'll release just a kind of a quirky little 3ds rpg um but yeah i think nino kuni is kind of the big game out for in terms of rpgs for us right now uh yeah. i don't think there's any i don't think there's any major announcements we expect um, we're getting closer and closer to E3, though, so we'll see. It's true. It's like three months. Can you away. can you believe it's already like end of March? <laughs> Man. I feel I feel like 2018 just like started yesterday. It's fucked up. Uh, yeah. The Witch in the Hundred Night Two is coming out this week uh, overseas. Uh, so. I'll just say that Zach has said some interesting things about that game. <laughs> <laughs> interesting is a is a definitely a word. <laughs> that, that's what. Yeah, that's a word. Uh, and also in Japan, you have Shining Resonance Refrain coming out on PS4. And Super Robot Wars X coming out the PS4 and Vita over there. So, until next time, everyone. Peace out. Peace.